It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is on Cleveland Browns. The one thing that hasn't changed, where you put your money down on games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they are hosting the first online handicap super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000. It only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under and how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So visit MyBookie online today. All right, that's MyBookie. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE. And when you're creating your account to claim the bonus, bet, win, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And if you're not following me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker, follow the Press Coverage Podcast at Press Cov Podcast. Um, tons of content, clips, wide receivers, defensive back stuff all the time. I'm going to get deeper into it coming up. Gosh, I've just been busy coaching, training, all this, that, and the other. But anyways, I want to jump right into this episode because there's something kind of heavy waiting on my mind right now. Um, I kind of got out of character. Well, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of got out of my Twitter character. Okay, now, now there's two sides of me that, there's two sides of me. One, the the, the one that I depict on Twitter, right, and, and it's a former professional athlete, and. I do certain things with, you know, media, writing, stuff like that. So I try to conduct myself in a certain manner. I can adapt to multiple in- environments. Um, I-, I didn't grow up like a lot of people that are in the same type of, I don't want to say industry because people be like, oh, you're a beat writer. No, I'm not a beat writer. I'm not even really a writer. Like, I-, I do this because I love talking about football. I enjoy football. Football is a passion of mine. But there is another side to me, and I try not to let it come out, especially on Twitter. I try to be professional about it. But this dude, Dave Softy Mahler, or whatever his name is, he called me an idiot. He called me an idiot. because So I put out a thread about quarterbacks sliding and how some of these hits are their fault, all right? So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, then I'll talk about this Dave uh, Softy guy. Quarterbacks, I, I feel like fans don't truly understand how hard it is to use proper technique when tackling. It's something that is extremely difficult, especially when you're going up against people that are larger than you. When... When I go to tackle somebody and I know he has 20, 30, 40 pounds on me, the thing I'm thinking about most, not so much, oh, keep my eyes up, head up, see what I'm hitting, uh, make sure head out there. No, like what I'm thinking about when I see somebody big running full speed at me is 
I need to get him to the ground. Now, if the more you think, the more you become hesitant, and that's how you end up kind of hurting yourself. So I put out a thread about quarterbacks and, and how they're sliding late and how it's kind of their fault, some, some of the hits that they're taking. Well, it just happened to Paxton Lynch. He's now a quarterback for the Seahawks, and he's running full speed. And at the last second, right as he's getting up on the defensive back, which was Colton Hill, um, is his second year out of Texas, cornerback uh, for the Minnesota Vikings now. As he was getting up on Colton Hill, he decides to slide. Well, Colton Hill had already committed to hitting him because that gap was closed too much. Now, now you start to get in, in this area of, is this quarterback sliding or is he going to try to run me over? And if I'm not mistaken, Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah, on the Dolphins, the quarterback, Fitzmagic. He just ran over a defensive back the other day. So defensive backs, yeah, they play defense, but but a lot of them aren't really, like, big. Like, a lot of people see me, and they're like, you used to be a professional athlete? Like, and it's like, yeah, well, I'm 6'1", you know, 200 pounds. That, that's kind of, you know, around where most DBs are. Quarterbacks are much bigger than that. Quarterbacks are anywhere between 225 pounds to 250 pounds, depending on the quarterback um, and how tall he is. So they're not these, like, little guys. And most of them, especially nowadays, they're pretty mobile. Unless it's like, you know, Eli Manning, who just can't run. Well, when the big-ass quarterback is running full speed at you, you just think, I need to get him down. And a lot of times, okay, I'm just going to tee off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch myself into this guy that's running full speed at me that's bigger than me. I need to take it to him before he takes it to me. Well, the thing with these quarterbacks, what they're doing is they're running full speed. And at the very last second, when the defensive back has already made his mind up that he's going to go, that he's going to hit this guy, they slide. And some of them are taking shots. Now they've taken these big shots, especially Paxton Lynch. He just took a big shot. Now, my, the th- my biggest thing with, this whole, with that whole thing is it can be prevented if the quarterback just slides earlier. If, the, if you're running full speed at DB and you're five yards away and you slide, you won't get hit. I promise you, you won't get hit. But if you wait until it's about you're about one or two yards away from him and now he's already committed to hitting you, you're going to get hit. Now, here's the other thing, the helmet-to-helmet uh, contact. I already talked about how when I commit to hitting somebody. Now, I'm not committing to hitting a sliding quarterback. I'm committing to hitting a quarterback that may lower his shoulder on me. That's what I'm committing to. So if I committed to hitting and I see that target area and I attack that area, even if I'm trying to move my head to the side, but I attack that that area, one is automatically going to look like I'm leading with my helmet, which I'm really not. I'm just trying to get my head out the way, but I'm I'm targeting that area. You say your midsection. Two, if the quarterback slides late, now that target area has changed. So what was your midsection that I'm aiming for and trying to get my head out the way and hit with my shoulder, now, since you've gone into a slide, it's now your head. And that's not what I was aiming for. But then you see the helmet-to-helmet contact, and it's like, it's an egregious hit. Uh, I I saw... 
people saying the Vikings players should be released and all this kind of crazy stuff. It's like, man, no. Like, when I went to hit this guy, his head was not there. And there's a lot of people in my comments. The helmet to helmet is helmet to helmet anyway. Yes, I agree that that is 100% helmet to helmet. But that was not the intentions of the hit. The intention was just to go and tackle the quarterback. But when he slides late, now me going for his midsection has turned into helmet-to-helmet contact. I explained it in depth. Like, if you go on my Twitter account, at Eric underscore Crocker, I, I, I explained everything in depth. Kind of like what goes in, you know, through a defensive back's mind while the quarterback is running at him. Like, these big-ass dudes, they're not little. Sometimes they run dudes over. Sometimes they slide. Like, I don't know. So if I don't know, please commit to sliding much sooner. Well, anyways, I put out the thread, and I got a bunch of comments. There were a lot of people that was like, damn, like, I went into this thread thinking, how ridiculous is this? And after reading it, it's like, damn, I kind of agree. Yeah, they need to slide sooner. It's like, yeah, that's all I was saying. Just slide sooner, and these kind of hits will be 100% prevented. All right? Now... I got a ton of comments, again, um, uh, comments, tweets, whatever, people agreeing. There were some people that didn't agree, and that's fine. I I can deal with that. I can deal with you not agreeing. I don't block anybody on Twitter. If you don't agree with something I say, that's fine. I explain things in depth. I don't have a bias, uh, like, you know, to paint a picture one way or another. Even though I'm a defensive back, I'm just thinking from a defensive back's perspective, not so much from a bias perspective, but just, just, hey, hear, hear out where these def- defenders are coming from. I'm just speaking up for them, but not in like a biased way, if that makes sense. Um, so this guy says, like basically calls me an idiot. All right, he basically calls me an idiot. Now, this is my thing on the whole like I- I- idiot thing. One, don't call me something on social media that you wouldn't call me face to face. Like, don't, don't, don't call me an idiot. Two, I, I can deal with trolls. I, there's a lot of people that call me things like that. But this is not this dude's not a troll. I, I look I don't, I mean I didn't know who he was, but I look at his account, has a ton of followers, and it seems like he has his radio show and he's probably doing well for himself. I, I don't know. I don't know. I did see like some of the comments back and people were saying like he's just some loud mouth radio host or you know, whatever. And if that's how he his niche or whatever, like that's cool. My thing is don't call me out my name. You don't know me. And you don't know you don't know where I'm from. And you don't know how, how I get down. And for for him, it should be a lesson that like anybody like you let's take it back to elementary. In elementary school they tell you, treat others how you want to be treated. So me personally I treat everybody with with the utmost respect. I respect everybody, whether you're like me or you're not or whatever. If you're different, if we have different views, if we have different opinions, it's cool. I'm not going to disrespect you. I'm not going to call you out your name. But in return, I expect the same from you, especially if you're somebody that, you know, people probably respect your opinion. Don't call me out my name and don't call anybody out their name. Now, I don't know why it got so under my skin, like, so much. I don't know if that's what he was trying to do. But it took me to a very dark place. And I had to, like, okay, 
Usa, Usa, Usa. Calm down. And then I just laughed at, laughed at You know, he's a funny looking dude. You know, he, he, he doesn't know any better. He don't know any better. He probably grew up suburbs, you know, living in a nice white picket fence, mom and dad. He doesn't know how I grew up. And where I grew up, we don't really take well to disrespect. So, anybody out there, if you guys are listening, please treat others how you want to be treated because you don't know what other people are capable of. You know, you don't know. So, I'm in on that. But, yeah, quarterbacks slide early, and it would prevent a lot of those hit helmet-to-helmets from um, oncoming defenders. It's not a purpose. They're not doing it on purpose. Your head just happens to be there after you slide, and that wasn't the intended target. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design and quality, durable blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for the razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that has been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 men who have already tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Talk about a, a receiver that's kind of been standing out, um, and, and not in like a, a, a huge way, but just what he's doing and what he's accomplishing and what he's kind of up against. Uh, in, in the previous episode, I spoke about how a lot of times guys are talented, you know, they fall in the draft for one reason or another, maybe not the fastest guy or the biggest guy, whatever the reason is. And, and when you get to training camp or you get to rookie mini camp or whatever, offseason OTAs, you're, you're behind the guys that were taken ahead of you. You're behind, you are behind the guys that make more money than you. You start from the very bottom. All right. Now, now this guy that I'm about to talk about, I'm very impressed because he's fighting off all those politics, all right? And his name is Keyshawn Johnson. Not not, not just throw me the damn ball, Keyshawn Johnson. I actually read that book, um, Keyshawn Johnson, number 19. Uh, I want to say it was like the first overall pick by the New York Jets, 1996, maybe? Um, I was, you know, I mean, shoot, I was born in 87, so I was nine years old. I think I, he read, I read that book probably when I was a freshman in high school, maybe. But anyways, not that Keyshawn Johnson. Um, Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State. I think he's also from um, Palo Alto, East Palo Alto, I think. Tough tough dudes over there that way. I got some family over there. They don't, they don't play no games. But anyways, Keyshawn Johnson, man, went to Fresno State. I want to say he like had, like had owns all the records. Um, he was there for a while. Uh, obviously, you know, guys like Devontae Adams was there. Um, Josh Harper, you guys might know 
might not know him, but I'm familiar with him. He went to uh, St. Mary's High School out here in Stockton. Isaiah Burst, he did his thing there. Um, Jalen Saunders, they've had talented receivers. But I believe that Keyshawn Johnson, out of all the guys, had the best career at Fresno State. Well, he slipped in the draft. I don't think he ran a fast 40, and he ended up being a sixth-round pick. Well, he got picked by the Cardinals, and it's like, okay, all right. Well, last year, 2018, the Cardinals drafted um, Christian Kirk. They also drafted a receiver, Williams, from Grambling, maybe the year before that. And obviously they have Larry Fitzgerald. Well, And then they have another guy that kind of came on late last year. His name is Sherfield, something like that, Sherfield. And then they got into the draft, and second round, they drafted Andy Isabella, the speed speedster out of UMass. Ran a 4-3, white dude. Cool, nice. Okay, fourth round, they drafted Hakeem Butler, 6-5 monster from um, Iowa State. And a lot of people were really high on him. Big dude, ran very well. He, he had some little things that were wrong with him, being a little raw and, and whatnot. So Keyshawn Johnson is up against Sherfield, who finished the season strong, Christian Kirk, who was second-round draft pick uh, the previous year, Larry Fitzgerald, he's old, but he's still there, Andy Isabella, second-round draft pick, Hakeem Butler, fourth-round draft pick, and he's 6'5", and ran a 4'4". Uh, Williams, Chad, was it Chad Williams? Chad Williams from Grambling, he was like a third-round pick or, or, or something like that. And then you have Keyshawn Johnson. So he has to work. He has to start from the very, very, very bottom. Well, he must have been doing something right because all reports coming out of there was that he looked better than the other guys. This is a classic example of somebody not letting the draft status, where they were picked, the circumstances, um, determine who he is, right? He's a smooth route runner, good hands. He can stretch the field. He can be a good possession guy, but, yeah, he can work downfield and everything. He caught a deep ball against the Raiders, but it was called back for a penalty. Um, But he's doing things right. He has, like, what, five catches right now for 54 yards. So it's not anything crazy, but it's just what he's doing and who he's playing in front of. He's playing in front of Andy Isabella who did catch a bomb last game, but, okay, one play, caught a bomb hard. Um, he, he's playing in front, of, in front of Andy Isabella. He's playing in front of um, Hakeem Butler. He's playing alongside Sherfield and Christian Kirk and these other guys. So he's getting this opportunity, and he's taking advantage of it. And I kind of just wanted to shine a little bit of light on that, and maybe I'll do a little thread and just kind of show some things that he's doing, man. He's a terrific route runner. Third guys out there, you, you maybe you don't run a blazing forty or anything like that. Man, just perfect your craft and, and do what this dude's doing. He was very productive in college, and from an ability standpoint, right now he's further along than guys like Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella. So what do you do with those guys? What do you do with Hakeem Butler? Because Hakeem Butler right now, who everybody loved, um. Hakeem is behind everybody I just mentioned. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabella, 
Sheffield. I'm not sure about uh, Chad Williams, but he's probably right there with him too. What the hell are they going to do with Hakeem Butler? Everything that's coming out of there is he's just some big, raw receiver, struggles to get off press, which was something I could see him having a problem with. I'm interested to see how that whole thing works. But, yeah, I, I want to transition from talking about those guys and some of the things that Keyshawn Johnson does well to kind of do we overanalyze certain things, right? So Twitter has has become a big place to learn. I, I learn a ton. There, there's a lot of different Twitter accounts I learn things from. There there are people that I've made, um, I don't want to say call them friends, but kind of like acquaintances, uh, people through like the media. And, and again, I'm not media. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a, a guy that loves to talk about football. But there are, well, I have a media past the 49ers stuff, but I, I don't don't even know how I got in there. But anyways, there there are guys in the media and I look at, I read everything and I'm always, you know, just, I'm just always learning. So let's talk about defensive backs. There was somebody that tweeted out this morning, a, a Ruye, the cornerback, the I can't say his name, the cornerback from Penn State, he's a rookie. Um, he's with the Lions now. Someone said he could be the best cornerback in the NFL but he just keeps that false step keeps getting him burnt and that's what's stopping them and I'm like uh, that's when you start to overanalyze these things or or you're kind of putting things out there and it's like a false step is not going to be the reason why a guy could possibly be the best corner but he's not going to be the best corner in the league because of a false step like that's not going to be the reason why now, I'm not saying he doesn't have a false step, but I can't see a false step affecting you that often to the point where it's that much of an extreme. Now, I'm pretty sure when I go to look, there's going to be other things that's going on with him. Maybe poor technique, but it's not going to be a false step. I'm going to look into that and kind of see what's going on with that. But I think sometimes we kind of overanalyze certain things. There was uh, my guy, Brad Kelly. That That's my guy. So Brad put out a video of Adam Thielen. And, you know, he's talking about just basically a, a play. Uh, Adam Thielen beat a, a cornerback deep. I want to say maybe it was like Shaquem Griffin. I want to say it was Shaquem Griffin. Well, what Brad said was, when a wide receiver doesn't have elite physical traits, route running starts with footwork and flexible hips. Thielen's first step is light on his foot, which allows for a more explosive lateral movement off of the second step. Clears a natural vertical path. That's hella confusing to me, Brad. And Brad's my guy. I like Brad. We can be careful. He was on... Brad was on my first episode of press coverage. He was on the very first episode. So if you guys um, aren't familiar with Brad Kelly, make sure you guys follow him at BradKelly17. Um, and if you just scroll all the way to the beginning of these episodes, I'm kind of stacking them up now, but Brad was on the very first episode. But this right here is like, Brad, what the hell are you talking about? When a wide receiver doesn't have elite physical traits, route 
running starts with footwork and flexible hips. Thielen's first step is light on his foot, which allows for a more explosive lateral movement off the second step, gives a natural vertical path. I I, I like I, I don't I don't even know what this means. I don't know what it means. I'm gonna stop trying to think about what it means. But anyways, what what I saw <laughs> what I saw was I thought Adam Thielen did a good job of not wasting any time at the line of scrimmage. He just went. And he kept it skinny enough to where he gave himself space to fade to the ball, like in enough space between the numbers and the sideline for the quarterback to make the throw. So nice release. It was a nice release off the line. Push vertical. Quarterback had enough space to throw the ball in there, and he faded, cut the ball. Like, it, it was good. But... But this is kind of overanalyzing a little bit. And I respect Brad's work. Um, I, I couldn't do what he does. He pumps out articles um, consistently. He writes for the Draft Network. He, he does an amazing job. But this is just kind of hard for me to follow. Um, I, I think sometimes with this wide receiver and defensive back stuff and some of the terminology I hear, we kind of overcomplicate it. I, I try to use very simple terms. Step or place. People be like, hey, man, what do you call this when, you know, you punch this way or that? You know, just rip the ball out. <laughs> like, I, I don't have fancy terms for these for these different things. Uh, the, the, maybe the fanciest term I have, I wouldn't even call it fancy, is when I say dick to hip. But dick to hip is exactly what it means. Dick to hip. Pause. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. Like, when I'm talking about what position I want the corner in, dick to hip. Your dick should be on dude's hip. Pause. But that that's the alignment that I want. Um, that's probably as fancy, quote-unquote, quote, quote unquote, as I get. So, yeah, I think just sometimes with, um, you know, these terminology and kind of what we're putting out on Twitter, sometimes we kind of overanalyze it a bit. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED if appropriate, form and comfort, privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is very simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that the treatment will be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet packaging right to your front door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to a doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect to a doctor. So just go to roman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit. Free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. The next thing I want to talk about, I don't know why I keep talking about this team, but the Dallas Cowboys. I am not. I, I kind of hate the Cowboys. Me being a Niner fan, my big brother, uh, we're extremely close. He is a diehard Cowboy fan. I always have to t- hear him talk about the Cowboys. And here I am on my podcast um, talking about them because I guess, you know, they're always in the news. 
So they're in the news for a couple reasons right now, and and, and let's talk about this and, and the kind of situations that the Cowboys are putting them in. I hope it hurts them because I want to see them do bad, <laughs> you know. Um, but Ezekiel Elliott, I think the worst thing that could happen for Zeke is this Pollard kid be good. All right, so they drafted this running back out of Memphis, and when I read his scouting report, it, it says something along the lines of, they didn't really know what he was. Is he a receiver? Is he a running back? They projected him to be a late-round guy, like sixth, seventh-round pick. He ended up going like fourth round, I believe, to the Cowboys. Well, Pollard's been doing good. I, I mean, if you watch highlights of him and you watch him play, which I, I've watched him, I watched him play against the Niners. I watched him watch him play in the last game against the Rams. He runs very well. He moves very well. He has a very good skill set of being able to, you know, be a good pass catcher out the backfield, which kind of goes along with what they said. Is he a receiver? Is he a running back? They didn't know. Um, but he runs very well, too. He runs strong. He had a nice touchdown where he fought through um, arm tackles against the Rams reserve. So you uh, you kind of want to take it a little bit with a grain of salt, but I'm just looking at skill set. And I see something there where this guy knows how to run. He runs very well. He's a pass catcher. I don't know if he can be a bell cow, but he is the reason why the running back position loses value because it's so easy to just plug somebody else in there. Now, I'm not saying that this Pollard kid is Ezekiel Elliott. I think Ezekiel Elliott is elite. He's an elite running back, top three in the league, period. And I think he might even, in a sense, be kind of underrated because I think people see what Barkley does and the way he does in his little flashier, a little more explosive, probably best running back in the league. But you see how he does it and you see, um, you know, the Le'Veon Bills of the world and, uh, you know, Todd Gurley. But Zeke, I mean, dude had 77 catches last year. Who would have thought? And all he does is run for a bunch of yards and he's always healthy. He's never hurt. Um, he's never hurt. Now, you don't know if he's going to play from week to week because of these situations he gets himself in in the offseason, but, and now he's holding out. I spoke about that previously on the podcast, but you're, you're, you're holding out because you want more money. You're getting, you're, you're in trouble every week or every every year, every offseason. So you, you're holding out, you want more money, but in your, like, you're holding somebody hostage that probably would take care of you. Jerry Jones loves the dude. But then you get this running back that comes in and he's doing a good job. And I think that's the, just seeing that is the exact reason why the running back position loses value. Here you have Ezekiel Elliott, elite, holding out. And they're not really missing a beat with how they've been able to drive down the field. Now, I know the 49ers didn't play starters. I know the Rams didn't play starters. But just seeing how they were able to do things and move the ball your argument isn't really going to help right now. Whatever he was going into this thinking, if this kid can play and he can start picking up blitzes, Zeke, you're in trouble. Your owner already said, Zeke who? Like, who? Like, that was pretty disrespectful. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm interested to see how that, that, that plays out. He wants more money. And so do several other Dallas Cowboys. You have... Byron Jones, you have Jalen Smith, Ziggy Elliott, Mari Cooper, Dak Prescott. They all need a payday. So who are you going to pay? 
Now, I think a lot of this has to do with, you know, how much do you pay Dak Prescott? From all the reports, he was offered $30 million. He didn't take it. He wants more money. They offered him money like Carson Wentz. Now, okay, now here's the thing, too. Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't care about all whatever you guys, these numbers, and, and if you just watch them, Wentz can do stuff that Dak Prescott can't. Now, Dak Prescott is kind of a, a gamer, and whenever I think the Cowboys are out of it, every once in a while he does make a throw. He kind of reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was not, you know, you, you weren't going to mistake Colin Kaepernick from one of these just pure passers, you know, but he was always going to make a run, you know, have a big run. on. He would have these big throws, you know, at certain points in the game where, you know, it's something that's kind of hard to quantify. You can't quantify it by looking at a piece of paper and looking at a completion percentage or looking at yards per attempt. It's just... He's just a gamer. Kind of like Tim Tebow, but I think these guys are much better than Tim Tebow. And I might be a little disrespectful towards Colin Kaepernick because this dude actually led the team to the Super Bowl. And not just the Super Bowl, uh, NFC Championship uh, the next year. I mean, he, 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 was, he was really good. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. It wasn't Colin Kaepernick. It was the defense. Hmm? Maybe defense has something to do with it, but so does the defense for the Dallas Cowboys. They're one of the top defenses in the league, top five. Nobody talks about that. And then on top of that, they're one of the best running backs in the league. This is also a team that was three and five until Amari Cooper showed up. So so can he, can Dak carry the load and win without Ezekiel Elliott because they want to pay Dak all this money or Dak wants all this money? Can Dak win without Amari Cooper, who you were three and five with until Amari Cooper showed up? Cowboys are in a little predicament. I'm not going to lie. I like it because <laughs> I don't want them to do good. I want to be able to talk trash to my brother. He's already talking about, to me about Jimmy Garoppolo and how he struggled today. And, and I think that's the last thing I'll talk about. Mental hurdles, hurdles with injuries. We see Jimmy Garoppolo out there, and clearly he's not himself. Now, I know this is a good – this is a time for everybody to jump on him. And, oh, uh, knew he's a fraud. Paid him too much money. Uh He's overrated. And, okay, to, to a certain extent, yeah, but it's like the dude tore his ACL, and this is his first live action. In, in your first live action, you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing off the edges. And, like, he clearly didn't want to move. <laughs> he was a statue in the pocket. He didn't want to slide left. He didn't want to slide right. He got uh, several passes batted down by Shelby Harris. Um it was a tough outing for him. And and I thought that they would have done things a little different to give him some easy completions, a nice, you know, bootleg, get guys in space, high-low some guys, easy completions, throw a screen the next play. But, nah, they went empty and had miscommunication by Joe Staley and expecting a stunt, and there was no stunt. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be fine. I just think he needs to take that hit, that, that one hit, to his lower body, get up and say, you know what? I'm okay. And from there, I think you'll start to see Jimmy Garoppolo get a little bit better. And hopefully I get better and better on this podcast. But today is coming to an end. Make sure you guys, again, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, Instagram, 
I'm getting the podcast up soon on that on the on the Instagram, Twitter account at Press Cub Podcast, and I'll be right here next Tuesday on the Press Coverage Podcast.